place is here. The time is now. And the journey into the shadows that we're about to watch could be our journey. What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. Um, we have somebody very, very special on today, somebody that I'm actually very excited to talk to, somebody I've uh, never met in person, but somebody I've been following now for a bit, for a bit and a half. Um, he is a wine and food blogger. He is a home cook who throws up amazing recipes. He does reviews on reels on budget wines and good pairings with wine and food. Amazing stuff. And uh, I'm very, very excited. Uh, Jack from Fitz's Fixins. What's going on, man? Thank you. I mean, yeah, we, we actually don't live that far away from each other. It's kind of funny how... Not really. We're only like one state over, which yeah. is... Uh, and, we, and they both have the word new in them, so... Oh, exactly. Yeah, New Jersey, New York. Perfect. It's, it's it. great, but that was an awesome intro. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. You made it sound like I know what I'm talking about, but sometimes I really just put words onto a page and hit post on Instagram. And well, you know what? Somehow, so, some so, way did, it's grown. so did so did Ernest Hemingway. Okay, so yeah, well, I mean, I think his I think his words were a little deeper. Um, <laughs> full transparency, I could not tell you an Ernest Hemingway book off the top of my head. Um, you know, the old man in the sea, maybe that might not be the title. I don't know. Honestly, I, <laughs> I have to go. I think it's the old man in the sea. Oh, there we go. Farewell to arms. I should know a farewell to arms. It was in my wedding vows. Yikes. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on blast this early on. No, Oops. it's all right. The good thing I edit this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. So I gave you a little tiny mini intro. Why don't you give people a little intro? Basically, um, I don't know, just give it like a brief review of like how it kind of started. Did it start with like wine and turn into wine and food or vice versa? And you know how you got into it? Yeah. So, I mean, Legally, I started drinking, of course, just a few years ago when I was 21. Um, okay. Been legally drinking a little bit before that because college. Um, but when I turned 21, I eventually, my mom was big into the wine industry. So we then started just going to wineries together, doing stuff like that. And I mean, I started cooking. Here's the convergence of them. I started cooking when I was like two years old, like just chopping up veggies and I'm, stuff I'm like sorry. that. You say, you say two? Yeah, I was pretty young. Um, so I was doing that, and then I loved wine, kind of fell in love with that. And I actually watched this documentary. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Psalm. It's all about sommeliers and, like, their journey to become sommeliers. I've heard of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it made me fall in love with, like, that side of wine. But then I also realized that, like, that side of wine is very – I mean, wine in and of itself is almost a very pretentious thing, like, when you start talking about, like – Historically, what if, yeah. Yeah. And what it smells like, it's not like, oh, this smells like this. They're like, this has the essence of burnt amber. And it's like, well, I don't know what that's. <laughs> it's like, I've never shoved my face into burnt amber. So <laughs> yeah, it's just stuff like that. And then like the pairings of it, like to me, pairing wine with food was kind of this difficult process. You have to understand like this, like everything had like this barrier and home cooking too, to me had this kind of barrier to it because I mean, I was reading, um, a recipe today and it said box grate and onion and i'm like well i know what that means but like if you're home cook and you're like what, what the f like? is a box grater yeah and so like eventually oh then i think it was december of 2019 or maybe a little bit before before the world shut down i was like i'm just gonna start an instagram page and kind of do home cooking and 
take away that barrier and like do fun wine pairings when I see applicable that's kind of turned into just drinks in general in terms of like craft brews and the look because New Jersey where I'm located in Hoboken they have some fantastic breweries very near us and New York City has fantastic breweries too so then I just kind of did that did pairings with that I had a website for a bit that might get re redone here soon but life got so crazy that uh I didn't want to spend over $200 on the hosting fees on Wix. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, no, that got a, shut down real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now here we are today over a year and it's still content still pumping. And if you had told me that I'd stuck with this for that long, I'd, I probably wouldn't have believed you. I, yeah. Believe me. I'm, I'm on that same page. I never would have expected. I mean, I started my page, I don't know, 2016. And I didn't think it was anything more than just, I was like, I need a, I need a channel just to rant about food and give recipes. <laughs> and, you know, I built a, a, not not huge, but I built a brand through this. Like I sell hot sauce yeah. and I produce hot sauce and, you know, I've gotten some business out of this and I've done collabs with businesses and stuff. And I never would have imagined that that would have happened from Instagram, especially it's just, it completely changed like the whole like scope of it. And yeah. it's still, it's still changing. It's, it's, it's totally different now. Um, I mean, we met through a foodie, um, a lot of people don't even know these exist. So I'm about to blow up a lot of people's oh, right now. Was, but this, when this was told to me, I'll let you reveal the secret. But when this was told to me, like the backroom dealings of it, I was like, so yeah. this is how people overnight grow their followers yes. and have 400 likes. I was, and they have 200. I was like, right. oh, this all makes sense. This isn't necessarily naturally. Right. Or so they call it a, uh, not a tornado, or like a whirlpool. There's some weird term for it. Basically, I was told it was a... Um, a follow loop and engagement. A follow loop. Groups. That's it. Okay, there you go. It's a loop. So basically, you join this group with other foodies and food pages, wine pages, shit like that, and you all basically sign a virtual blood oath to like each other's uh, posts and comment and stuff like that. And I will say, the good things that came out of it for me were I discovered a lot of pages and people that I really enjoy and like, like you. Uh, like our friend Haley from Haley's oh. Cravings, yeah, Lauren from Soul Foodie, like all <laughs> yeah. these people that I still message and talk to and I have on other social apps now. And like I, I've sent stuff like Haley's like bought my hot sauce. I've sent her stuff. It's like, it's like, it's, it's awesome. It's like you meet yeah. a lot of great people, but some of the groups, not that one specifically, but like some of the groups, as you know, it's like, it's very strict. It's like, it's like a, not a cult. That's, that's a, that's the wrong word, it's, but it's. A cult might be the right word. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, weird. Like if, if you're not it becomes a full-time job where they're like every day you have to like and comment and save these posts. And so like, it just becomes where every day you're having to sign in and like and comment and do this and do that. And, and and then if you don't, they'll like confront you and you're like, Whoa, Whoa. And one of the groups, and yeah. And one of the groups was like, um, people, can I just remind you that you need five words at least on the comment and an emoji, but make it something useful. And I'm like, I'm not in school. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is not like, this is homework. This is, yeah. this is more than I signed up for, but more granted for. the, the backroom dealings of it. I think I went from like 200 followers when I started. Cause I started when I practically just started fits his fixins and within five months I was at like 700 yeah. followers. And now that I've stopped, I, I left a lot of the group. I left all of the groups and then I've stopped kind of, taking as much i mean i was probably putting in like 20 hours a week on fitz's fixins for a right. while 
and now I don't do that near as much. And I've dropped to like 620 followers. And it's okay. just, like, that's still a decent amount. I mean, for, oh, yeah. for inactivity, that's still, yeah, exactly. Amount. But it's just funny how like you leave these groups and the that's only it. reason these people are following you are because you're in the group. That's and it's it. like, it's like you leave right. and you've got fucking Scientology coming after you. Just like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like you got fucking like Miskovich, like blackmailing you. You're like, Oh, you wanted to leave. Oh, well guess what? And it's just like, there was one group I was in. It was a follow loop. So you get added and like you're doing a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they blacklisted people. Because I would then, because then they're like, invite people. So I got in and I invited a few people. And then the second I invited them, they removed them. And they're like, they're not allowed in. Last time they didn't do it correctly. And I was like, I'm, what? That's why, and yeah, a few of them were like, all right, that's it. Loop is going tonight. But I, first of all, I had to mute the messages. One of them, there were like 35 people in. And they were like, that's it. You got to send 15 star emojis or you're getting deleted in 30 seconds. Hurry up. And literally like I was driving home from work one day and I almost intentionally crashed my car on the highway <laughs> because my phone was just lighting up. I had it on, I had it on and then I put it on vibrate and then it was just yeah. lighting up, lighting up. Lighting. I had like 85 notifications from that message when I got home and I'm like, get me the fuck away from these people. Like I, I got so into that at one point that I forgot why I truly loved being on Instagram and doing yeah. my page. Cause I have a personal page where I do a lot of like my film photography and it's more like, if you're on my close friends page there, which uh, a lot of people in my family are not, it's just like dirty memes, like horrible memes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Um, like I have nothing against it, but I'm pretty sure my mom doesn't want to see anything about, you know, edging. So <laughs> woof. All right. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever say that sentence out loud. Um, Oh God! She had that to one on your bingo card. Go ahead and mark it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dark horse, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, I forgot why I was like enjoying being on Instagram. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm like, I'm gonna keep the people out of the groups that I want to keep, and I did. And I, you know, I even still go in that one group. There's only like five people left in there. It's very chill. Everybody just sends their little food emojis, <laughs> and but it's I don't even go to the group because those people end up on my feed anyway. So I yeah. narrowed it down to uh, enough people where I'm like these are the people I really want to see. Yeah. And I started putting out a lot more content. So it, I just wasn't looking as much yeah. as I was. And, you know, my following has gone up a decent amount, but you know, it's still, uh, it's, I mean, not as good as my TikTok, which infuriates me. Um, <laughs> well, TikTok, so. TikTok is the crazy, I mean, speaking from experience with it, like, at CBS sports, we started our TikTok back in January of 2020. Right. We have 1.8 million followers Jesus now. Christ. And like none of our other social channels, except for Twitter have anywhere near a million followers. And it's just funny how TikTok is just like, it just, here's the algorithm. And we're just going to, I mean, you have it. one viral hit on it and you just gained That's followers. That literally is what happened to me within the last two weeks. I had one video, right? It was a knife tip video on yeah. TikTok. It was like, when you're cutting something, go down. I was like giving some stupid instruction, like basic knife 101. Yeah. And in like eight days, I've gotten about 321,000 views. My followers have jumped up from like 200 to like almost 3,000. Yeah. And um, what came along with that, though, were the comments. And as you know, as being on really? TikTok, comments are brutal. Oh, and they're rude. These fucking kids are bullies, man. These children need a- What are they saying to you? The, I think the best and the worst one with that knife video, because I was using some shitty like Ikea knife that I had, but that wasn't the point. I was just showing somebody who's never cut before how to cut something without chopping yeah. a fucking finger. Were they making fun of your knife? And my nails. He was like, he was like, get yourself a proper knife and a manicure. I'm like, what the fuck? 
was like, I'm like, you horrible children. What is wrong with you? That's like, hilarious. Wow. That's so but, aggressive you know, for no reason. But the way that TikTok works, as you said, is you have that one video. And then what you basically have to do is replicate that video or that style. And it'll just keep pushing that viral video. And then more people will discover your page and more people will look at the videos. And, you know, it's been happening. I went from having a few hundred likes um, of posts on my page to like, you know, 9,000 in like a week. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's definitely cool, but it's way different than Instagram. Instagram is a little more personal because I know a lot of the people on there, you know, and yeah. it feels nicer in a way. Like when I go live and I do my crazy shit live, or like if I'm like putting up a weird post or something like that, or if I'm posting about like an update, like hot sauce or something, it's, it's nice to talk to people that you interact with, even if it's only on like a social platform, I think, Yeah, you know, but I don't know. I mean, so does fits is fixings. Do you have a TikTok for it yet or no? I did. Um, I would post on there quite often for a while. Um, but then video editing, really what happened was last summer, I got really into it because summer's the slow time of sports. Right. I started doing a lot more with it. And then football season started. And then I was working like 50, 60 hours a week and right. I couldn't keep up with it. So I haven't posted to TikTok in a long fat minute because those um, those those reviews that you do even like the reels like all like those would fuck those would kill it on i was doing those i did um <laughs> funny story about those i did so they all like became they, they all originated from like an ig i'd make one 10 minute IGTV, and then i'd from there i'd pull a minute out for tiktok i'd pull 30 seconds out for reels but one night i was making those IGTVs, and i had it was my white wine one and it was right before the holidays so it was before me and my girlfriend were gonna go traveling to her parents to my mom and so it was like a few nights before and I had just eight bottles or it might've been six, one of those numbers and just lined up and I did it all in one take, just, well, not one take, but like I did a review of this one, did a review of this one. And like my, my dumbass wasn't like, I'm going to like do the spit take, like how when you're <laughs> yeah, normally no. tasting wine, you spit it. No, I drank probably <laughs> six like glasses in the matter of an hour and oh, God. I don't know if people could tell, but if you will go back, it's on plug, plug. If you go on Fitz, it's fixings and go on under the IGTV tab. Some of the last ones, I'm pretty sure you can tell I'm like pretty intoxicated. You're like, like, you're, it's like, oh, he's been drinking. <laughs> like I, I, I remember sitting there thinking like, as I'm doing it, like I was coherent enough to be like, I sound drunk right now. And I was like, yeah. but I don't really care. I'm going to edit no. these. and I'm gonna It's schedule a fucking these. wine Instagram. Like it's fine. It's the, you know, it's not like you're giving self-help. If you were giving self-help to people and they could be like, wow, this guy's fucking sloshed. Yeah, like, that's been off of alcohol, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, Speaking of it, alcohol, by the way, uh, you had me pick up a wine. Um, I got a Spanish Rioja and you got a what? Spanish Rioja. Oh, you got one too. Okay. So yeah, trying to get the ASMR in there. But yeah, so yeah, you gave me homework for this. I did. I wanted a wine. Oh, you gave me a wine recommendation. So mine is a... Senorio di P. Pezzina. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't really know brands all that well. Okay. This uh, was, it was like 14 bucks. I like it. Yeah. This is, you said this looks like, for the, for the listeners that can't see this, I'm <laughs> to ruin the, the, fifth, the fourth wall here. But you said this looks like a cologne bottle? Curve. Back in high school. What, what you cologne? Curve? Do you remember Curve Cologne? Like the spray? One second. It, I it came, you got you to look it up. It came, guys, you remember Curve. Curve came in like the metal tin. It had the little round grenade style bottle and like everybody had it. And like, 
Oh, snap. That's the same font. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you held that up. I was like, is he drinking fucking Curve? What is that? Yeah, yep. like? It's actually their new, their Rioja. But oh, God. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Curve Rioja. That would be that a crazy transition. Like but I love that you gave me one recommendation. And so far, uh, it's 14 bucks. I've never had a Spanish Rioja before. And I've been drinking wine for many, many years. Because um, my parents have always been very into wine. We always had, I would say, good staples in the house. And, are you uh, a um, are you Italian? I am very. Yeah, I could. So, did you have a lot of Italian reds growing up? I feel or, or not really. Surprisingly, really? my dad my dad despised Chianti because when he was growing up, Chianti was still yeah. like the shitty table wine that they gave yeah. out for free at the places with the white and red plaid tablecloth. Um, but now Chianti's turned into like a totally different world. Like Chianti's are like there's like really good Chianti's out there. Yeah, there are. Sorry. I'm and, uh, but I would say a good staple that we always had was like, um, we had the Ravenswood Zinfandel. That okay. was like the rape, which I love, by the way. Ravenswood Zinfandel was like always in our house. Um, a lot of Cabernets, a lot of Pinot Noirs. Um, rare that it was whites. I mean, if it was a white, it wouldn't be anything sweet like a Pinot Grigio. It would be more yeah. maybe like a Sauvignon Blanc, I guess. Um, yeah. And because uh, my mom would drink that. And then only probably until I was like started being a teenager did rosé make its way into my home. And I resisted rosé for a while because I was a stupid young teenager and I was just like, oh, it's pink, fuck that. I love rosé. And you then I got know. older and I was like, yo, this is so good. I was like, it's, oh my God. It's so good. It's the perfect summer wine. I it love is. it. But rosé is, I've, I've grown to, even I've bought $9 rosés and yeah. I've been more than happy. Like, yeah. It's just, and even like the famous ones, like uh, Post Malone's Rosé, which I don't know if you're- Is that good? Tried. I haven't had it yet. It's, look, well, my problem with it is that it's 20 bucks, which mm. I, if I'm going to spend 20 on a wine, it needs to be a $20 wine. Yeah. You know, it, like it needs to 20 be- 20 is my budget, like not budget, like my pre, like that's when it gets to like premium, like 15, right. like, okay, this is a little, like 15 is normally where I sit for right. a, a wine. And if I'm like 20 up, I'm like- Yeah. That'd be good. 15 is like my my like that's like my sweet spot because like there's the best even the, like the best malbec i've ever had to this day is an argentinian malbec and it's like 15.99 it's called um don david yeah i mean and, malbec is such an affordable wine just because they make so much especially if it's from argentina they, yes. they just make so much and like mendoza argentina makes fantastic i mean right they all do no matter what but like yeah malbec is it <laughs> It is a fantastic. I love it. I was gonna go with that one if I could find it. I mean, I, I would have like, picked up a Malbec in a, in a fucking heartbeat. I love Malbec, and I've, I've cooked with Malbec. I for a while, I would buy a bottle of Malbec and I would use it in the base of my red sauce for pasta. Mm-hmm. So I would be cooking the garlic and the onions and sweating them down, and then by the time I put the tomato paste in the bottom before the actual crushed tomatoes, when yeah. the tomato paste was cooking out, I would soak it in some Malbec, cook the alcohol out, then put in the crushed tomatoes. And then just drink the rest of the bottle. And yeah, exactly. it was, you know, it was so, so good. And cooking with wine, um, I don't do as often as I used to, believe it or not. I mean, I, I love cooking with wine. And, you know, I'd love to make Julia Child's like, you know, beef bolognese or whatever, you know. But, um, I... but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Malbec is, has always held a special, special place in my heart. Hey, hey, hey kitty. She's, uh, she was crying outside of the door to come into the office. Yeah, my cat's going to come in pretty soon, I'm sure. I'm just um, at me. Yeah, now you, now you want to leave. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I cook with wine, I just throw whatever. Normally, if it's an Italian dish, it's always cooking with wine. And I'll right. always just throw in what I'm, what I'm drinking. But 
back to the Rioja real oh, yes, quick yes. on it. Um, it's from, it's called Rioja, much like old world wines. They all like are called the name from the area they're from. So it's from Rioja, Spain, and it's typically made with Tempranillo grapes, which is one of my favorite grape varietals. Um, I mean, it's just fantastic. And then a good Rioja normally isn't that expensive. And then you could even get to a Rioja Reserva, which if you can find, um, they're a little bit more expensive, but like, I don't know if you have a Costco near you. Uh, yeah. I just yeah, picked a up a Rioja Reserva. Yeah. I just picked up a Rioja Reserva from there, which Reserva just means they've been aged longer. Right, yeah. So like you might pick up a Rioja that from 2018, but a Reserva just has been aging since 2013. Right. Uh, but I picked up one from Costco for seven ninety nine, oh. and then I went to my local wine shop and I was looking at the reservas and they were all like 40 bucks or more. And I'm yeah, like, Jesus that's Christ. the place I went to tonight to get this, this was like 14 99, but then there were a few other Rios next to it. And one of them was like 54 99. And I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, so I was like, uh, he was like, Oh, which one are you looking at? I'm like, not that one. <laughs> I was like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to go with not the, yeah, not that one. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's wine has been something, you know, my parents let me try it when I was very young um, because it was always a part of dinner and then bourbon as well. Bourbon. My dad's been letting me sip bourbon since I was a, a young kid. Not like he wasn't like pouring me shots. It's just like he would, he would always, <laughs> like, yeah. Right. No, he was, when I was like 10 or 11, he would let me like sip out of his glass, yeah. like one or two sips to get the taste of it. And, you know, he would always enforce this whole, like, you know, if you do everything in moderation, you know, you could pretty yeah. much enjoy it for the rest of your life. Um, yeah. Didn't really take that advice because I still to this day drink way too much. So clearly something didn't <laughs> stick. But, um, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't do, I don't do crack. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you don't I mean, do meth. No, no, no heroin. No, nothing not, like that. It's not just a little bourbon and a little bit of wine yeah, and some exactly. beer. Not, I'm not in that life anymore. <laughs> so, but all right. So speaking of like having a wide range of wines, you do a lot of like um, budget wine content on your Instagram, which I love. Because my whole thing, and I, I stay true to this with bourbon as well, because I take bourbon very seriously. I love bourbon. I, well, we'll get, I guess we'll get into bourbon in a little bit. We will absolutely get into bourbon. And I'm excited to talk your feelings on a couple brands that I okay. really like and to see if they're acceptable in your eyes. Okay. All right. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Budget content is, is kind of cool because I've always had the feeling where like you don't need to spend a lot to get something that tastes really good in the same way that you don't need to spend the most amount of money you can on the best organic produce just to have something taste really good. If it's good, clean produce and good, clean yeah. food, you can make it taste really good. And it's the same carries over for wine. So like, yeah. what's, what, what would be like one budget wine, right? Out of all the videos you did or whatever, anything that you would recommend to literally anybody, anybody, like if somebody came to you and they're like, I like white or red, I don't care. You know, give me just one wine uh, that I can go and maybe spend under 15 bucks, let's say. Yeah, so I'm now pulling. I'm gonna I'm gonna stall as I pull up the wines sure. that I've reviewed and things like that. But I mean, to kind of break the glass, this is something I learned from that Somal that the Psalm um, documentary. documentary. Really, almost. I mean, unless you're getting it like from a big box brand that's like selling it for five dollars, so that's gonna have like a lot of um, artificial flavoring, artificial right. colors, and it's not really the same. But the difference between like a $15 bottle from like a mom and pop winery in California and a $100 bottle from Napa is one, the name right. and two, that $15 bottle probably just has less human hands touching it. Right. But the end product is probably going to be very similar um, unless you have like a very, very, very refined palate, which 
not a lot of people have. So, I mean, the difference between that really isn't much. It's the story with it, which is what right. a lot of people buy with wine. Exactly. But that's also, I mean, you could say that about multiple things. That, that That's true in fashion as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of brands that are not as expensive as, you know, Balenciaga or like Louis Vuitton. Yeah. But the end product is sometimes exactly the same. It's just the, yeah. you know, the name and like the, like you said, the amount of hands that go through it and like the delicate care and, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like the difference between like, you know, I, I play guitar and it's the difference between yeah. buying like a $200 Yamaha and a, you know, a $2,000 Gibson. The difference is with a Gibson, you know, it's not only the name, but it's made out of decent wood and they're usually hand assembled, you know, yeah. by a person, each one, you yeah, know, which exactly. is why they're like $2,000. And, you know, it doesn't mean that the Yamahas are shitty guitars. It's just, it's a totally different product. And some people yeah. have the budget for that. So that's nice for them, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I'll stick to the Yamahas. Yeah, the rest of us, you know, live in apartments. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We, yeah. Um, The wine I go with, if I was going white, it's called, um, it's called Drink Me Nat Cool. It's from Vino Verde, Portugal. And it's a natural wine that, it has a little bit of carbonation, a little bit of extra fermentation in the bottle. I have some questions about natural wine too, because I love natural wine. So we'll get into that as well. Yeah, it's 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 really delicious. I love it. Um, it has like eyes on the bottle. It's really okay. cool. It's made by Neport N I E P O R T. I think is how you spell it. It's the okay. producer. It's called Nat Cool Drink Me. Um, it's the white. They also have a, the same name, but in the red. The red's not that good. Okay, um, that's fair enough. If, See, if guys, was, he's honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I was going red, it's um, if you like big and bold and juicy. There's a Cabernet Sauvignon just from like me. Sorry. exactly, <laughs> um, just like me too. I feel that. Um, of course, it's called Ramsey Cabernet from the north coast of California. Absolutely Ramsey. delicious, right. um, and that's like twelve ninety nine. And it might be one of the the best cabs I've ever had in my life. Guys, we we just gave you free psalm advice right there. You see that? Like my God. Yeah, maybe one. Yeah, if I'm ever a psalm officially, I'll throw that in my bio, and then um. And then I'll, I'll start really reviewing them. I'll review yeah, that one. Exactly. So now speaking of, that's a good subway. Uh, subway. Jesus fucking Christ. A good segue. Can you tell I haven't had dinner yet? Um, <laughs> so, um, all right. So speaking of natural wine. Now, as a backstory, I got into natural wine because of my favorite uh, rapper slash cook slash chef slash person in uh, Action Bronson. Let me guess. Oh, man, you, you said it. Damn, fucking Action Bronson. He, that man... First of all, good for him recently. For anybody who knows him, he recently, you know, he's always weighed about 385 pounds or so. And in the last year, he's lost about 150 pounds Jesus. because he's just working out like a fucking madman. But he's still Asher Bronson, so he just is like stoned all the time. And he still has and, that like, huge beard. Yeah, and like he'll be working out in Jersey with this trainer at like five in the morning and then they finish and he brings him out to the parking lot and he's like grilling fucking like ribeye steaks on a charcoal grill from the back of his car. Like he's still the same person, which I love. He didn't turn into like a fucking meathead. But um, he started cooking a lot, and so I started following his shit. I started cooking more seriously because I loved everything he was putting out. And then he started to get into natural wine because he was never really big on drinking. He was always like, oh, I like to smoke more, whatever. He's like, but I'll drink if it's, like, something good. And then he went to France, and that's where they first toured, like, all the natural wines. It's where he met Patrick Bougeau and, um, like, all these amazing, you know, these wine bars, these natural wine bars that exist in Paris. And... I, I, I don't know. I've, I, tr- I was in Paris in 2019 for my honeymoon. 
and I grabbed a bottle of natural wine and shoved it in that check-in bag. Yeah. And um, I brought it home. It was called Sempre Un Pundo, I think it was called. And it was, it was like a whole other world. The first time I got, the first time I tried natural wine, and this is how I interpret it. You can, you can tell me in a second how you first kind of uh, explained it to yourself. It's for the people that don't know what it is. It's more on the lines of like fermented juice, I guess you could say. It's, it's more unctuous and like earthy and you can taste a lot more of like raw materials in there. And it kicks something in you that like traditional kind of wine does not, you know, I mean, like, you know, like when you tip the glass, you know, like with red wine and you wait to see how far away the clear ring, you know, goes like a lot of natural wines like you won't like find that, especially with like the, the dirtier, cloudier ones, you know, and I've, I I don't know. I just fell in love and I I made it my duty to try and find as much as I can. And then I was like, well, I don't live in Brooklyn. So shit. I'm SOL. The only, it's only Brooklyn that has yeah. every like natural wine shop. So now you have to go to like your local wine store and be like, do you have natural wine? And they're, and they're just like, like I have organic wine. Problem. I'm like, it's not the same thing as organic wine. I said natural wine. I was like, no, this one's made with organic grapes. I'm like, that's not what I'm asking. Like, I'm just like. There's a, the wine store I go to, and I actually used to work at when I first moved up here, it's called Wine Dads in Hoboken. Wine they have a great, yeah, they have a great selection of natural wine, and it's a lot more than just like two bottles. They'll yeah. have a good amount, and they're kind of where I got introduced to the idea of natural wine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of right on the nose. I, it's, it's, it's different. It's, there's sediment in there. It's right. Like it's not like natural wine is, is the name for it. But now they're kind of putting kind of like how they throw organic on everything. They're, yeah, they're, kind of they're, they're starting to throw natural. Right. Um, so if you can find like a real natural wine, they're normally a little, car- especially in the whites, they're a little bit like carbonated almost. Cause they are a lot of them are. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of cool. And they have like beer bottle caps, a lot of them, which is amazing. Oh yeah. The, the, that's how you know it's a good one. You pop yes. it. I've had some fantastic beer bottle cap ones. Right. And, and like, the one thing I really love about natural wines, and this has nothing to do with the wine itself is the labels and the branding specifically <laughs> because if you are a traditional wine person they like you fucking hate natural wine like they do not like what natural wine is doing because a lot of it is small batch it looks different it smells different the wine labels are super artsy and like fucking weird yeah and like they're so cool like all of them and, and loves them yeah it's like and that's and they're catching on and they're new and they you know sometimes they cost a little bit more money but it's like a smaller batch so you're paying because you're getting it from this you know they were only you know, 2000 bottles made that year. Yeah. This, you know, it's so it's, there's this whole other world to it that I'm still trying to get into. And lack of availability has really been bothering me to the point where I was considering, you know, trying to become a natural wine merchandiser in this area and trying to maybe get, talk to some brands on the East coast that, you know, make it and produce it. And since I know a lot of food and drink establishments now, especially through my Instagram and I work with them, even I could try to, you know, get them into the places and try to, you know, because I mean, not just for myself to make money. I, I would love to see it more present, you know? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, it is, it is not excessive. It's essentially like you either go to a natural wine store, you go to a natural wine bar, or right. you like luck into a good bottle at your local wine store. Like right. if you went into Walmart, Costco, like any like the big that, box, yeah. you're not finding it. No, and, not at all. and until they get into there or until they get into like, bigger restaurants it, it, it's kind of going to be it's always it's going to be that fad right exactly and it's still considered like the hipster wine and it hasn't broken that to get more into the mainstream and it's the one thing that i would like to get into mainstream because two one of two things would happen one more people would be 
you know, aware of it. And two, it would probably drive the price down of some of the bottles if, if there was more of them. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, whereas right now they don't need to make, a, no. they don't need to make 2000 cases. They can make 2000 bottles and they're That's like, well, now we can charge $35 instead exactly. of 20 a bottle. But, um, but if any of you, there's a place online called the Natural Wine Shop, which is, I think, based out in New Jersey, actually, I believe, maybe Jersey City or even Hoboken. I it's called them. It's called the Natural Wine Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E, I believe, two Ps. And um, there's another place, if you guys are, anybody listening is in Brooklyn, the place called the Natural Wine Company. Uh, they have amazing stuff there. I've actually called them before to see what they have. They usually have some good Frank Cornelisian wines, which uh, Frank Cornelisian, I think his name is, he makes his wine in the foothills of um, Mount Etna in Sicily. And he is, he's actually uh, Austrian, I think, but he makes his wine in the foothills and it's all like with this, like, like this lava fucking soil, like this, so, like this volcanic soil yeah. that he grows the grapes in. And it is fucking, it's like, it's so hard to come by now. And I've been looking for these bottles for like years and this one bottle called, um, Suscrato or something, or, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. I'll, I'll send you it after, but it's literally sold out all the time. And he's one of the huge names in like natural wine, of course. But um, in Paris, we saw, I saw it all over the place because yeah. it's so much more prominent in France. And it's easy, easier, easily accessible there. I mean, they just ship right. it right over. And I mean, it, it's very popular, like in smaller wine producing regions. So like, right. like you said, Sicily isn't known for like this huge wine producing no. area. No. They make great wines and they have a lot of natural ones. I'm pretty sure like Macedonia, like that area in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. And they do some natural wines. So like, you're not, it hasn't really hit the wave. I mean, except for Oregon, because Oregon's just weird. Oregon has yeah, a lot of that's, natural yeah, Portland's wines. been ahead of that for like years, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but outside of them, it's not really like, they're not really made in the States. So like, it's harder to get your hands on it in terms and of if that you, because what I've yeah what I've realized is you need to really search out the true ones because at the end of the day it is like a fermentation process and you know there's this place um, the farm itself is probably about at least an hour and a half from me but there's this place that's an hour from me in this town that we go to every now and then and there's a wine store and it's all they say organic natural wine and I walked in there I was like all right and there's an actual like row of natural wines and a lot of them are somewhat local because these farms have started fermenting their own shit. And uh, so one of them that I got a few weeks ago was this tiny little bottle and it was all natural and it was a fermented cherry wine. But it was like cherry with notes of like, of like cranberry a little bit. It was so fucking good. And it was like, it was like this pink raspberry cloud inside the glass and it was super chilled. I got a natural Chardonnay. I have not liked Chardonnay in a very long time because it was always a little too buttery for me. You got, yeah, you got to find the non-buttery shards. Which this was. I found from the same farm. It was a fermented natural Chardonnay and it was didn't have that like usual like, I feel like there's a slab of butter I got to scrape off my tongue in aftertaste. It was so good. Oh my God. My mom loves those types. The, the more buttery, the better. It, uh, I do not. You got if if you can find a Chardonnay that's been aged in a stainless steel tank, whew, those are good wines. What what is what is it usually aged in? Just oak, oak. Right? oak. Yeah. Right. New, I, normally, I, if it's American, it's normally new oak too. So it, really, it, it's, it's not even like aged oak. Like, no, it's like they just cut you know cut down the tree, they put it in there, and it just imparts all of that vanilla. But then in France, they use more aged oak. Like Chablis is technically Chardonnay. 
Um, okay. Any white Burgundy, any white wine from Burgundy is going to be right. the Chard- the Chardonnay grape too. Okay. And they're, those are a lot better because they're aged in better ways. I mean, American, they're just like, they like sweet and buttery. Let's yeah, just exactly. let's chalk that on up for them. I know. So, all right. So now what have you noticed as a, like in your local region, right? You, you've lived in a few different parts of New Jersey and I'm assuming you're a native to New Jersey, right? I'm not. I'm a native of Virginia. Ah, okay. That's good. I, I was going to get into... I was going to get into a bagel and uh, pizza discussion, but now I don't need to. That's good. Well, well no, I, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I side still with Jersey on everything though. Oh, Just li- I've right. lived here for since 2019, not that long, two years coming up on two years now. Right. I'm it's telling you, it's, it's, it seems good. Okay. But it's like being, how do I put this nicely? It's like being the high school football star in a small town, you know, and everything is great. And people are like, yeah, man, you're like, fucking yeah. And then no, you no, get no, to the, the bagels you know. are just so good. But then again, I will say I grew up in Virginia. And okay. so our thought of bagels were um, Thomas bagels or whatever, Thanks. like, and our thought of pizza was Domino's. So. All right. So you, at least you can admit when you moved up to the Northeast here, you then got a real taste of like, oh shit, this is what yeah, these the things are supposed are to taste like. like. It's, it's just such a different culture around those foods. Like, yeah. but what, what Hoboken's lacking, this is just a Hoboken thing, is good Mexican food. You know, Virginia really? has, granted, it's like Tex-Mex down in Virginia. Yeah. But man, they have some good Mexican spots. Up here, it's just like taco joints. And I'm like, this is not, I want, I want my Tex-Mex. I want my chimichangas with rice <laughs> and beans. I know this isn't a Mexican dish at all, but I'm like, I want my Tex-Mex. Um, yeah, but so honestly, they, what is a Mexican dish? I mean, I've talked about this on other podcasts too. The whole authenticity thing is complete bullshit because if you're not in a certain part of like, you know, Tijuana or you're not in a certain part of Mexico yeah. having authentic, you know, dishes that are prepared from the stuff that's growing around there, nothing is authentic. You know, even yeah, in Mexico, like, like tacos al pastor, right? You ever had al pastor? I actually, I was just in LA visiting my girlfriend's brother and we had tacos al pastor straight sliced right from the thing. Which is how you're supposed to cook it. And the yeah, reason on, it's cooked on that is because it's a dish that was brought to Mexico by Lebanese in, immigrants in like in, the 20s. So there's a, re, there's, a, there's a burrito joint here in Hoboken that's from Pueblo, Mexico, which is where the Lebanese immigrants went to. So it's very Lebanese infused with like hummus and the rice oh, isn't oh. like your chipotle cilantro rice. I, I'm it's not like, even kidding. I would drive to Hoboken to have that because that is there's nothing around here like that it's it's the best it puts i mean granted it's not a high bar but like codoba and chipotle it just absolutely puts them to shame and it's it's so good but um where was i going with that uh hobo virginia and jersey no it's like it's like when people like you're like i really like taco bell and people are like well that's not real mexican and they're like well mcdonald's isn't real burgers and like like I understand what I'm getting into when I, like, yeah, I exactly. love Taco you, Bell. I love Taco Bell. I love Domino's too. I'm an Italian from New York and I can I admit <laughs> that I like, no, but see, here's the thing. You have to understand that Domino's is Domino's. It's not pizza. It is That's Domino's. Very true. It is Domino's. Like you are usually drunk or high or you're just feeling really depressed and you just need to eat something <laughs> that you know will make you feel worse. And you know, you want the cheesy bread with the garlic dip, you know, it's like, you, oh, yeah, you get that, these things. Valid. That's a good point. Like, that's a good you point. get these things because you're like, you know, you want to do damage to yourself, but it's <laughs> not like pizza. Like I, I have a godmother who lives in Colorado Springs and I've been going out there since I was like 15 to visit her. And there are these places out there. There's a few places in Colorado Springs that say like New York style deli. 
And I was like, I will be the judge of that. You walk and in, like, where's the cat? Where's, yeah. where's, the, where's the bodega cat? Yeah. Oh, my God. First of all, there's literally one near my job. I work in the Bronx, so, like, there's one near my job. But um, I, uh, I remember I went out there. This must have been 2010 or 9 or something. And I asked for a prosciutto and provolone on a roll. And he looked at me, and he was like, um, all right, so you, you mean, like, ham, right? I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I almost like had an aneurysm. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, yes. Oh, I was like, give me the hand and the provolone. Oh no. I was That's like, not no. prosciutto at all. Uh-huh. I was, and especially for me, like, I'm not like super like Goomba Italian. I'm not like, you know, whatever like that, but. Gabagol. Gabagol, like oh, please. That's the, that was like a whole thing for me for a while. I used to hate people who pronounced the Gabagol because it's actually, you know, Capacola is the yeah. name. And, you know, Capacola turned into Capacol, which turned into Gabagol from, you know, people in Jersey, no offense. And then I finally sat through the entire series of The Sopranos and I was like, it's okay. I was like, after I, after I watched the whole series, I'm like, you know, it, it's fine. It, 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 it totally gets a pass now. Then um, you co-opted then, that's uh, all, But all the good. one thing, the, all right, so the one thing I'm anticipating that you experienced moving up from Virginia to here with like, let's say bagels, right? Let's start there. Yeah. Is when it's made right from a bagel shop and you get it toasted and you get a bacon, egg and cheese, or you get it with just with like a lock spread or some kind of like jalapeno cream cheese, anything like that. Yeah. You're getting this crispy crackling outer skin with like a pillowy inside. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard on the outside. It's, 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 it's oven baked, but the inside still that boiled, like. Which it's the fact that they're able to keep the integrity of that inner, inner, (laughs) like I make bagels a lot. And I, I make them from scratch. Like I make the dough, I make everything bagels and I do it really well, but I still, you know, I'm never going to get that like, you know, beautiful, you know, yeah. like going to a bagel place that does it all day. You know, It's like going to a wood fire pizza place. Like that mm. get that's in a 500 degree wood fire, just brick oven. That's going to get that crispy crust. Like I'm never going to be able to replicate that no. in my oven. Even if like I put it to 500 degrees, one, I'm that's never going to do that never. because it's going to heat my apartment. Right. And second, like, it's just not going to get that hot. And like, that's the difference. Like they're putting it in that such a hot oven that it just, instead of cooking it, it like, yeah, it just, you get it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's fun fact too. I learned this from my, uh, one of my favorites there, David Chang, Um, New York style or New Jersey style. If you go to those pizza shops, like the Northeastern New York style pizza, where they just throw the the regular slice that's been sitting out all day or whatever. Yeah. That's actually one of the safest things that you can eat if it's heated up because a lot of those ovens, the gas ones are like at 900 degrees and (laughs) it literally kills any bacteria that may be living on top of the pizza, which is, it's, which is proven, which is awesome. I mean, if it sucks, it sucks, but you know, like, yeah, I found that there's one spot on the corner closer to where I used to live before I moved. Yeah, it, you swear that cheese has just been sitting. It's like all coagulate, and it's like you know it's cold. And they throw it in the oven. It comes out, and it's melty, like extremely hot goodness. And you're like, yeah. that was in there for two minutes. Yeah, and the reason that a lot of these pizzas have that extra crisp on a lot of things is because of the double bake, which we all forget about. Like they cook up, you know, not all the way through, but they cook a plain pie. It'll be sitting on those racks, yeah. and they go through them so much per day. That second bake when it's already cooked is what gives it that extra kind of crispiness, which is why we try to replicate it at home. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's and I've, why you need to double fry your French fries when you're absolutely. cooking them. Oh, thank you. Okay. People, if you're making French fries at home, thank you so fucking much for bringing this or, up. Or you, or you bake them. This is how I do it. You bake it at a really low temperature 
to get all the moisture out. Then you right. fry them and then you fry them. Which is, it's, you can, you can par fry them, right? Which is a, a not, not, it's not like blanching, but you basically, you're not even making them brown if you're frying yeah. them in oil, right? Like whatever kind of oil you have, you get up to 350 or a little bit higher because then the temperature dips as soon as you put them in. Um, you want them in there for maybe like two minutes, right? Not even, just enough to get um, a white color, but you see, start to see the bubbles on the white potatoes. And you're like, all right, take them out, throw them on paper towels, leave them. Because then the second time you throw them in when you're ready to eat, you get that beautiful golden brown. The problem is a lot of times if you just throw them in the oil, they're probably going to burn because yeah. it's just, you're like, oh, I'm waiting for them to cook on the inside, but then they're not, you know, so it's, it's, oh God, nobody does that. And even with like home pizza, stop trying to replicate pizza places. You're not going to do it. I have perfected the sheet pan pizza. Oh yeah. How so many ways you form it to the, sh like you don't, you don't, don't buy a pizza stone. Don't no, do that. That is the biggest fucking crazy. waste of money. A pizza stone is so useless unless you've got a pizza oven. That's, yeah. But if you have a pizza oven, you don't need a pizza stone. So it doesn't like, it doesn't equate like even yeah. the, they make these little pizza ovens. I wanted to get one from my balcony, but I'm pretty sure they'll kick us out of the co-op complex. Um, I think they're <laughs> called, I think they're called the uni ovens and they're almost like tabletop and they're only like nine to 12 inches wide. Yeah. But it's a powerful dome shaped, like get, they have gas and wood pizza ovens that literally the legs fold up. You put them on. It's like literally tabletop. It even catches the ashes and shit underneath. And you know, you could kind of replicate that, but even the bottom of that where you slide the pizza on is a stone. Like you wouldn't need to go buy a stone. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if you're doing that for like a, you know, Frigidaire uh, fucking oven that you have that only goes up to 490, like, you know, like yeah. they, there's really no point. And they the one thing that I- the of right. pizza right now. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, whatever. They, they don't need help. They're fine. But <laughs> like the one thing too that nobody does that I do a lot is broil at the end. So I actually put it all like a oh broil broil no 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 I put oil all my pizzas are you know the bottom layer and then I do oregano and parmesan grated on the dough first okay and I put on sauce and then cheese and on top of the cheese is olive oil yeah at okay, the okay. very end like the last like maybe sixty seconds move it up to the top rack and just broil it for like sixty seconds and you get the just crispiness and these bubbles that is life-changing like you ever taken a pizza out of the oven and the cheese is just like a pool and you're like motherfucker like it's just like it's goopy and you don't like yeah. that the broiler man it is like a home cooks like the best tool that you've got in the kitchen it has saved my life like oh my god it's how i reheat things too yeah it's i'm telling you if you but you gotta watch it you know don't just like set it yeah. and, like, oh, and then go pour a glass of wine <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's not happening like broilers have kicked me in my ass too many times for me to trust a broiler yeah it's it's so temperamental and even so i read somebody once they were like you can cook a steak just in a broiler i'm like hmm, i'm gonna try this and then i did it and i was just like okay well that was the worst decision <laughs> it's like i've ever made in my life it, like, i feel like it, it come out like gray and not like no it was brown but the inside was kind of raw so that, and not not rare i like rare steak raw there's a big difference so <laughs> Um, I have no problem with a rare cooked steak, if, especially if you make it at home, like that's fine. But raw is that purple look that you, that you, just, oh, no. you know, no. And I'm a medium rare guy. So, uh, medium, medium rare. rare is a safe bet. Medium rare is good because if you order medium rare at a restaurant, there's a good chance, like a 60% chance they're going to fuck up whatever you said. So oh yeah. If you say medium rare, usually you get medium. <laughs> so you're, you're, okay. I worked, I worked at Outback for a while um for like three or four years and their thing was always undercooked the steak so that 
they would never because the amount of the amount of people that like just asked for cookups it was just astronomical yeah i'm sure or even or even they just want it fully replaced because you overcooked it so then their solution was just we're going to undercook it by like 10 degrees right so that when it sits and sits under the hot lamp it's it's not but right. the amount of times i'd work there and get my employee meal and get a medium rare and then <laughs> it would come out just completely rare and i'd be like damn it yeah and then you can't ask the chef because no, you have to work with him for the rest of the day yeah. you're like oh, it's got to eat this, <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is my doubled lunch like i just wanted my six ounce sirloin oh god fucking jesus i haven't had a good steak in like months oh you um, gotta do you have a sous vide i want to get one but uh I, no i don't i got one for christmas and really? it's the is it best. as like amazing as i thought oh 100 you throw a little butter in there you throw garlic i do thyme and then you just close the bag vacuum seal it i was and gonna then, say the vacuum seal yeah do you sear be before fun. or after because i know people that do both i do stew after i get okay. my cast iron ribbing hot where it's yeah. smoking and then just real quick, but it. Cause it, it, it cooks by temperature. That's what people don't get. Like people will say, how long do I have to leave it in there? I'm like, doesn't, that's not how it works. It literally cooks by temperature. Yeah. And so it'll get it to the exact temperature that you want. So, I mean, if you're going to sear it after, right. You probably want to go a little bit under. I go what? about, I go like three degrees, not too much under because you really only are searing it for about 30 to 45 seconds. Not even Yeah, You're just getting a little bit of crisp on the outside. So you're, barely bringing up the internal temperature. I put it at like, yeah, 132 about for about an hour. And, nice. and then that just, just perfect every oh, time. God, I got it. And then you, if you get a strip, you then cook the fat side, so, mm. fat cap on it. Oh God, you're making me fucking hungry. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I always do this on this podcast. I end up getting so hungry and I'm like, I can't eat like, Oh God. All right. You said you haven't had dinner yet. Yeah, but I'm going to scarf down. My, my wife made some, uh, yeah, I know it's late, but my wife made a spinach tortellini, so I'll scarf that down after this. Um, that's what nobody realizes. I, I run a cooking Instagram and she's like way better of a cook than I am. <laughs> like, don't tell anyone. Don't, 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 don't let that secret out. Seriously. I'm like, Plot twist, she's actually the one that cooks everything on the page. Shut the fuck, man. Dude, shut up. <laughs> my God. Blowing my spot up. Jesus Christ. Oops. Trying to. Trying to get me in trouble here. I got I got followers to, to keep. <laughs> so all right. So this is this is a this is this is going in the right direction. Now before I get into um, a semi-serious, actually fuck that. I'm gonna ask it now, and then we'll get into some bourbon before we start uh, the. Uh, I want to say the downfall. That sounds horrible. Uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the falling action, as they told there us. There you go. I, I I was trying to. Th I was racking my brain. I was like, yeah, okay, the rising action. <laughs> the falling action, as they told us. The, the, the resolution is somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. So, all right, as somebody who went from, I'm assuming not having a social page like you do with Fitz's Fixins to all of a sudden, you know, putting your face on there a lot and having reviews and having shit like that, only because I've done this myself and I'm, I'm curious what other people who do this feel, like has putting yourself out there like more on the social media, on social media, has it like had more of like a negative, like a positive effect? Has it helped with like anxiety and confidence? Has it made it worse? And that's like, can, you know, can this kind of be a form of like therapy in a way, that, like that's this a kind of blocking? And I'm curious because for me, it kind of did both. It made me super aware of the fact that I look like a fucking psycho half the time when I talk, <laughs> but also like it helped me a little bit, just not care about what people were thinking. I was like, well, this is what I'm going to put out. And this is what I'm going to say. So it is a double-edged sword for me, but I'm curious how other people kind of feel about it. And specifically in the realm of like food, because you're giving an opinion and people get very 
um, I don't want to say cunty because that's the wrong word, but very uh, finicky, I guess you could say. Aggressive, um, temperamental. Sure. Um, cunty, no. you know. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as um, the British would say. So, like, I haven't been called out for needing a manicure or anything like that, which um, I desperately do. At, I, I, I bite my nails a lot. My, my mom. Yeah, me too. That's why they fucking said it. Yeah. Fucking children. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but that's a good, good question. I mean, so I've always wanted to be on camera. So that's been kind of like my dream, whether that's sports, whether that's in food, who knows. But like, I've always looked up to Guy Fieri growing up, Diners, mm. Drivers, and Dives, everything like that. That man is so like. It, he is the guy. He just signed that three-year, $80 million extension with Food Network, $26 million a year. Oh, my God. Um, but with that aside, mm. um, in college and stuff, I did a lot of, like, broadcasting and on-camera work in terms of that. So, like, I knew how to be on camera, but I never really thought of it in terms of, like, the opinion part of it. Like, when you're doing sports, you're, you're presenting the story, here are the right. facts, here's what's happening, or or if you're broadcasting play by play, you're like, this, this happened to this, to this, to, and you're not really giving as much of an opinion. Right. Um, I haven't, I mean, the most views I've had on like an IGTV is like a hundred and something. Right. And not to be rude to any of my followers. I love all my followers, but like a lot of them don't know like the intricacies of wine. Right. So if I say like this thing about the wine from this region is this, they're going to be like, whoa, he knows what for yeah. all, for all they know. Like I literally could have just made that out of my ass. Yeah, exactly. So having a small following, I think it's like a little different. Um, it's definitely a way to like, I use it as a way to like hone my skills okay. and, and understand how to do it. Um, but there are definitely times where I'm talking and I'm like, is that right? And then I start getting in my head where I'm just like, is, how is this going to come across? Or like, or even just you say something and you're like, is that okay to say? Yeah. Like I say that with my friends, but like, am I allowed to say, and it's never like anything bad, but it's just like, you just start getting in your head and you're just right. like, Oh crap. Oh crap. It's usually bad with me. That's why well, on my lives, especially cause I can't take that back. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, probably shouldn't have said that, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know. But over, I mean, from an anxiety, I, I wouldn't say it really gives me that maybe the most like anxiety inducing thing of it is like when I'm like, I need to post, I need to post, I need to right. do. There's this like, there's this commitment that you don't factor in when you first kind of started. Yeah. Where if you build up a decent amount of following, you know, if you've got, you know, pushing a thousand followers and you, you know, put out consistent content and you've got people that engage with you, doesn't yeah. matter if you have thousands or hundreds of followers, if you've got engagement, you feel a responsibility yeah. in a way. And that's something that people don't always anticipate, you know? And like, it, like it got to me when I, I had to put a post up when we were like moving uh, back in September and it was a very, like very stressful time. Oh, I can we, only we, imagine. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. But we, we bought this place. So there was this Ooh. whole like closing aspect to it. And that added to like a whole shit story. Oh, and it was farther away and we're moving away from our families and not, not far, far, but still far enough, like far enough. And, <laughs> and um, just far enough, just far enough. And, um, so I had to literally put out a post like apologizing for not posting and explain that there are things and go through movements every time and then it's okay to take a step back. And I wrote this whole post and it felt good to write it. But then at the same time, I'm like, where else do you need to do that in the world? Like explain to people, you know, your absence, you know, like, I did that. I, I, I like made my comeback with like a wine post and I was like, sorry for like the absence of stuff's going to start being posted here again. 
And like, I was sitting there and I wrote out hit send kind of like, you know, I was like, okay, people like, no, but at the same time I was like, do people care? Like was someone like sitting there and they're like, where's Fitz's fixins post? Like where, why has any post like going to, cause I do that with people all the time. I like, do that too. Yeah. I exactly. stalk people and I'm like, I haven't seen, like this one guy I was really interacting with early on, like in the process. And then all of a sudden he just stopped posting. And so like every now and then I go to his profile and I'm like, I wonder what's happened to him. He hasn't posted yeah. in seven months. And you're, you're very aware that that possibly can happen as well. And yeah. to you. And it, it, it's a, it's a factor that you don't really consider when you start getting into this kind of world, you know? Yeah. 100%. And yeah, the commitment aspect of it, I think gives me the most anxiety. And then when I'm on camera talking, I'm like, did that sound right? Was that right? And, right. and everything like that. But yeah. I think when you start getting engagement, it helps because it gives yeah. you, I don't want to say a level of confidence, but it makes you feel good that you're contributing something to somebody else's life, even if it's somebody that you don't know. Like I yeah. talked about this on the last one I recorded, which is now yeah, my friend Jess, who has been on my podcast twice. And I was saying, you know, when, in the beginning of quarantine, I made this like banana bread recipe that um, I used like these old bananas that I had. And I, I didn't have chocolate chips, so I used like mini Reese's peanut butter cups. To me, <laughs> I was so just like, delicious. yeah, but to me, I was just like, well, these are left over from Valentine's Day, so I have to use them now. Um, and uh, it like, like I had 10 people made that recipe that I posted and sent me pictures. And I have a highlight, uh, I have like a highlight reel on my Instagram of just those banana bread recipes. And yeah. it, that was the first time that it really like, it felt really good. I was just like, this is weird. Cause you realize you do have a place in some people's lives. And I'm not saying it's an important place necessarily, but it's a place. And so it kind of gives you this whole other level of like awareness that you didn't really anticipate, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it's also like sometimes terrifying, but it's, 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 it's very cool. Yeah, but, a friend uh, of mine made a mac and cheese of mine mm. and like was sending me updates and sent me pictures of it. And I was like, well, he saw this recipe on Fitz's Fixins and he decided to go out, buy the ingredients and make it. And it was, yeah. it was, and he said he loves it. And now he's made it multiple times for friends and family. And I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. That's, and I've had people that do that, but I've had one, this one guy with the banana bread do that like three times. He'll send me a photo every time he makes it. And the one thing on your page that you made uh, one night or maybe even twice that I really wanted to try. And I still do is the Philly cheesesteak. Funny. I'm, that's actually a hilarious story. I got to find that post. The funny, like the behind the scenes of that one. Where is it? When did I, there it is. Um, yeah. The behind the scenes of that one. I just was craving Philly cheesesteak and in Hoboken, there's not a lot of great places to get it. And probably in New York city, probably not like not Philly really. cheesesteak. You got to go to Philly. Like that's yeah. the only place that makes Absolutely. it. Right. But so I was like, let me just try my hand. Went and got ribeye, sliced it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm in that grocery store and it's not like a bodega grocery store, but it's also not like a Trader Joe's. It's a little bit, it's your corner grocery store type of right. thing. And they didn't have sub rolls. Mm. And I was like, literally the most important part. So then I walked to King's Food Market, which is the next closest like actual grocery store. And it had closed like for good. <laughs> and I was like, I was here three days ago. What do you mean? <laughs> um, and then eventually just went to Jersey Mike's and I walked in and I was like, oh, wow. I just sell your bread. And the, the guy was like a 16 year old first job. He goes, do we do what? And I was like, I don't want any meat. 
I just need your bread. It's like, uh, yeah, that'll be eight ninety nine. He was like, uh, sure. And I was like, all right, how much do I owe you? And he goes, I have no idea how to ring that up. Just to eat. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And that then I amazing. made a cheesesteak and it was phenomenal. Unbelievable. That's so awesome. Oh, I had, I just was given a gift card to Jersey Mike's for my birthday. I kind of want to try. <laughs> I've, I've only had Jersey Mike's one other time. Full transparency was not that impressed with it. Um, no, it's, no, it's not. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's even Subway. It doesn't impress. I've made better subs than I've had at either of those places. Well, here's the you know. thing. I've never been able to replicate their tuna at <laughs> Subway's tuna. Yeah. Probably it's because they put 15 gallons of mayo. Literally. With it. Yeah. Literally. Um, and I just don't have the willpower to take an entire jar of mayo and throw it in it's, there. It's a, that's, that takes a whole level of self-hate that a lot of yeah. us don't have. Where so That like, level of self-hate is just going to Subway and yeah, lying exactly. and pretending that I, I'm unaware. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend I don't know how much mayo they put in this fucking Yeah, exactly. Mayo. Oh God. But all right. So I'm, that's, I mean, that's amazing. It's, it's, that, was a, that was a very good answer to a oddly weird, serious kind of question. It's just, I don't get to talk to a lot of other people in real life you know, my day-to-day life. Cause I work, I work at a school for the blind and I'm in a suit and tie every day. And like, I can't, you know, say to people like, Oh man, what do you think? You know, it's like, uh, you know, like powdered sugar, that's bullshit. Right. Like I can't, you know, I can't just like, can't just say those things at work. Yeah. But so I, I, I do this thing on here that I'd be curious to get into. Um, and then we're going to go into bourbon short briefly after this, uh, because this is uh, something I do called Danker Rank. I'm Usually ready. dank or rank is like, you know, you like something, it's dank, you hate something, it's rank. And I usually do it with food. And I do it with the foods that are the usual suspects, like anchovies, sardines, mayo, cottage cheese, things that people either love or despise. But with you, sir, I'm going to do a booze edition, all right? Spanning I'm from ready. beer all the way to, you'll see. So the first one is uh, double IPA, not IPA, oh. double IPA. Dank, 100%. The higher the alcohol content, the, the better. better. Right? Yeah. Like, Dude, like give I me, love, give me I a love double them. dry hopped IPA. Give me a double. Imp- I had a beer last summer from NJ Beer Co. Um, it was like called Summer on the Hudson or something like that. It was 12%. It was an Imperial. And I didn't know it was a 12%. And I'm with my mom at a lake. I finish a can and I stand up and I'm like, oh, yeah. whoa, that's, and I see, down. I was like 12% bet. I'm gonna have another one. And yeah. That's how it happened with me. I had double dog from flying dog brewery, which I yeah. love flying dog because first of all, it's Ralph Stedman who does their labels and Ralph Stedman was Hunter S Thompson's artist. So like all the fear and loathing in Las Vegas, original artwork, that was the guy that does flying dogs, like raging bitch, all those great IPAs and double dog is, yeah, it's like, like almost 13% or some shit. And yeah. so one night I was watching TV. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, this is fucking strong. And I'm watching TV and it didn't really hit me. And then I, got, I had like two or three of them within like an hour. Right. And then I got up to go pee and I was literally just like, what the fuck? I'm mm-hmm. like, I have never felt like this from three beers. And then I looked at the bottle and I was just like, Oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm like this is, this is good shit. Okay. So yeah, I'm glad you said that. All right. Um, stouts. I'm a big fan of Guinness. So what do you think about stouts? Um, I don't hate them, so I'll say dank. Um, okay. They're not they're not my go go to, but I drink. What, what them. about all right? Well, what about like Guinness, like a well poured Guinness on tap from like an Irish pub? I've never had that. Okay, so as my last name is Fitzpatrick, I feel like I'm really offending my Irish ancestors. Probably a little bit, but you know but what? Here's, here's what we're gonna. Do. I've had Guinness, just not from an Irish pub, perfectly poured. Okay, so um, I'm gonna stop recording. 
you're going to go out, <laughs> you're going to go to an, the closest Irish pub you could find and get a well poured, perfectly poured Guinness with a little four leaf clover carved into the foam, like a lot of them do, which is perfect. All right. Because I will say this, I buy only the cans, the tall boy cans of Guinness, because it's got yeah, the yeah, CO2. Yeah. yeah, it's got the CO2 in there to keep it frothy. And um, I have an actual Guinness glass because the way that Guinness glasses are shaped is for the bubbles. When you pour it in, the bubbles travel down, not up, a certain way. And they yeah, make the glass so, like that. It's so weird. It is. And if it's poured right, it is so fucking good. Another here's thing that I posted and people gave me shit for it. I was like, <laughs> oh, here's a perfect pour of Guinness. And somebody's like, that's not a perfect pour. You're not supposed to do it. And I was like, no. So, here's a question for you. Sure. Real quick. Wawa or Sheets? Are you hip? You're, you're from this area, so I don't know if it's much as a, a, a hot button topic for you, but are you a Wawa fan? Ma- mainly my question is, are you, are you a Wawa fan? We don't have any Wawas around here. God, never mind. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that far, because I'm outside of the city. I'm in Westchester yeah. County, but I'm not like upstate New York, like Hasty territory. So I'm not like... Where Got like, it. You start hitting Stewarts and shit. Like I'm not up there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so no, Rudder, no, Rudders is more Pennsylvania. I that's think. more Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know about Rudders. Yeah, that's more Pennsylvania. Like we, like we, we just got like a Wegmans for the first time. We're just like whoa. Like we're still you're, on. The, you're in New York, and you Fredericksburg got a Wegmans like. We seven just years. got a Wegmans like 15 minutes away from us, and I walked in. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Place? That's like, <laughs> dangerous. It is dangerous. I was like, we we were using it for a while just for the meat because you get such good fucking deals. Yeah. And I was like, let's just buy all of our meat for the next two months and freeze it. Like it was just, it was the best. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, excuse me. All right. So um, the next one, uh, liqueurs, like underproof stuff like SoCo or like Fernet Branca, like underproof liqueurs that you can either mix or sip. Um, I've never sipped one, but liqueurs I appreciate for what they add to a cocktail. Okay. So you're more of like a cocktail addition. Cause yeah. I know people that'll just sip like a Fernet Branca and have that be their drink, you know? Nope. Not me. <laughs> and I used to, and I used to partake at SoCo, but uh, that was, that was <laughs> many moons ago. Um, I'm really curious how you feel about this. I'm transitioning into wine and I have a very strong opinion about this wine. And it's not, it's not, don't worry. It's not Merlot. Um, white Zinfandel. Hey, don't get me started. I love Merlot. The I know you love sideways. Merlot, which is why I'm not getting into Merlot. <laughs> but the movie Sideways gave Merlot a terrible, terrible rap. Honestly, good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but all right, um, white Zinfandel. Rank because I've I've only heard like the worst things about it. I've tried many and I've only ever had shit. I'm yeah. sorry, I've tried multiple and I'm like, this tastes like bad like, vinegar. Yeah, it's. I once served a guy at Outback though. He probably had like four glasses of white Zinfandel, and I was okay. like, yikes, interesting. All it's right. also like it's such a weird freaking. It is. Weird. It's a weird the way they put it in a lot. I don't know. It's just uh, somebody. Had, I mistook it for rosé when I was younger. And oh yeah, I took everyone. A sip and I'm just like I'm like this isn't rosé. <laughs> like, that's this that's probably why you hated rosé for so long. Probably that probably played a factor. Um. All right, wine of can. Oh, I love it. Dank. All right. See, that's that's rare. People who are really serious about wine. Not saying you're not really serious. People that I've run into that are that consider themselves, take themselves very seriously when it comes yeah. to knowing good wine stuff, they often have the opposite answer with wine in a can. They think it's like, you know, no point. It, it, the problem with it is it has to be done right because it can take on the taste of aluminum or whatever it's packaging in very easily. Okay. So it has to be done in a specific way. 
and like I normally buy like the bougie canned wine. Like I'm not going in and buying like barefoot canned wine. Right. No, no. barefoot drinkers. It's no. a good, even great. like that. Even that like babe rosé was like. Yeah, okay. I don't like not that. Yeah, no, no way rosé babe wine. No, right. I'm getting like like very like small producers who right. are putting it in a can, and it's just fun. It's just a fun way of drinking it, and in the summer. Why, why you not? need it to be portable, you know, and not look like an alcoholic. So. I can't, like, I can't be like, all right, guys, let's, yeah, exactly. I'm ready for the picnic. <laughs> yeah, show up to a picnic, we yielding a bottle, like just yeah. like it's like it's all right, also, who wants things? It's also crazy because bo- a canned wine, you don't have two glasses. So like, if you drink a canned wine, you're you're feeling a little some type a of little way. bit, yeah, and you don't realize that because I didn't realize that there were only. There's probably only like four-ish, five full glasses of wine in a bottle, give or take. Five, five normal pours. No, uh, so for me, four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I do it. I'm like, if, if I can get four glasses out of this bottle, right. I'm like, I, which I always forget, and I'm like, I'll sip it one before I go to work, and then like, like not before I go to work uh, at night before the night. I before wasn't I go judging to work. you. Sorry. I'm so, saying yeah, before I go to the school for the blind, I down a bottle of Cabernet. No. Um, <laughs> No, I'm like the night before I'll like open a bottle of wine, right? And like I'll I'll have three glasses and then I'll see that there's literally just like three fingers of it left in the And bottle. I'm like, I gotta finish it now. Like, I might as well finish it. And then I wake up the next day, I'm like, yeah, it feels like I drank a bottle of wine. That's, <laughs> that's about that's about right. Yeah. Um all right, so uh, sangria. If it's like a homemade one, I, I'm putting so many stipulations on it. That's these. fine. Stipulations if are it's great. A homemade one, like at a like a home like a, a house made one at a restaurant, I sangria is great. Especially awesome. in the summertime. No, yeah. Like I never buy like sangria. I never buy sangria mixes. I've only ever made sangria in like a big like jug yeah. or tub or something like that. Almost exactly. Like, it's like a bougie jungle jungle juice. Oh one hundred. Um sparkling rose. Love it. Rank, dank, 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 dank. Okay. So you've had you've had some pretty some pretty amazing answers. Now the last one which wasn't on the list, but I've been thinking about this since we've been talking. It's going to sound strange. We both were talking about how we both enjoy bourbon. I'm a big, I, I love bourbon and I love single malt whiskey. All right. Like a single malt scotch whiskey. Yeah. Um, flavored whiskey. Now I only say that. Are we talking like screwball? Screwball. Okay. Screwball is the reason that I asked this question only because I have been such a bourbon shitty snob my whole life. And somebody got me a bottle of screwball. And I looked at the label and it said peanut butter whiskey. And I'm Ooh. like, I do, I'm about to smite you. What have, have you, you done? had it? I did. And then okay. I bought three more bottles. After. Yeah. I was going to say like, it's like Taco Bell. Like, you know, it's not the authentic Mexican experience. It doesn't matter. I'm not going for that. Yeah. It's, 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 you can't think like they have to put what it is like right. legally on the bottle. It's not right. that like it makes, it tastes too smooth yeah. and it, make such like fun like we were talking about um like when i worked at wine dads we would just like like push like pitch cocktail ideas off of each other right a local restaurant called hudson table which does like cooking classes and has dinners and they they would sometimes like bring us ideas too that they like would make in their thing but they'd have like pb and j old-fashioned reese's peanut butter cup because we had like we had uh, EV chocolate liqueur, oh, God. So, like a little bit of screwball whiskey that with sounds so liqueur and good. peanut butter cut. Like, oh. just, yeah, it's not a whiskey. So dank. Um, that was the first time that, I, that I, I, I was sipping that just with ice. Oh, yeah. One, very drunk for many nights. And then I was like, one night I had one of my big ice cubes and I'm like looking in my fridge and I had fresh raspberries. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I took on top of the ice cube. I, cause it was a big square one. So it was flat. Yeah. I put three or four raspberries. 
and I sprinkled just a dash of sugar and then I muddled them. I was going to say, you, yeah. And then, yeah, poured the peanut butter whiskey over that and over the ice. And I might have, you know, I might have seen a light that night. I might have uh, looked out the window and started believing, you know, <laughs> seeing the clouds part in just the right way. Like I, I, that was, that was insane. I mean, and I was so shit faced and I still had like a religious experience with it. And I was like, that is Incredible. That might have been why you had that religious experience. Probably, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, no, it, yeah, it, it's 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 not whiskey, but it's whiskey legally. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like you, like you said, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. It's the same if thing. You like pick before. that up, and you're like, I can't wait to have this bourbon, and then no. you sip it, and you're like, This isn't bourbon. Yeah. Well, no but shit. No shit. <laughs> it says peanut butter on the fucking label. Yeah. What do you expect? I know oh, a lot God. of bourbon snobs who are like, I could never try screwball. And it's like, well, mm. I'll have another bottle then. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Don't buy it. It'll keep it cheaper. <laughs> like, that's good. Yeah. So speaking of bourbon, what is a good bourbon brand that you are pretty reliant on? I'm a big time, big time Buffalo Trace guy. Cheers. Well done. <laughs> um, if I can't find Buffalo Trace, like at a restaurant, I'll go like Eagle Rare. Eagle, Eagle Rare, Eagle Rare, or Eagle Reserve, whichever one. That, it's, it's great. Or uh, it. Angel's Envy. I was, that, that was my next one that I was going to say. Angel's Envy is great. I, I've struggled with bourbon since uh, the early 2010s because my father and I used to make it a mission to find a $25 bourbon that tasted like a $60 bourbon. Right? Buffalo Trace. Well, Buffalo no, Buffalo Trace. Trace is $30. It's now. like 30 almost 40 now. But the one that we had found, I want to say in 2010, he came home with this bottle and it just said W.L. Weller. Didn't know what it was. And I was like, all right, whatever. And it was $25 Weller. And <laughs> I might, I, I won't, I won't ask questions until the end of the story. Okay. Well, yeah, but basically it, it now, <laughs> because it, it be, well, I, I partially blame my father because he wouldn't shut the fuck up and stop telling people how it was so good and how cheap it was <laughs> that now the bottles go for 90. Yeah. Um, and I refuse to spend $90 on it because I used to spend 25. But it is one of those bourbons. Weller is one of those bourbons that tastes, it's just, it, it's the perfect kind of bourbon. It's not, too, it doesn't burn too much. It's not too sweet like Jack Daniels can be. It is literally the perfect medium and people found out and then they jacked up the price and now no wine stores can even get it. So. I wanted to say, I don't think, one second, I'm closing the door. Ugh, that makes for great podcasting, I know. Um, <laughs> I thought it was them. I, I don't think it is, but the, the makers of Pappy. Yeah. It's that's not, I know what you're talking. Yeah. They have um, like a budget brand. That's also, right. it's essentially the same exact thing as Pappy, but it just isn't called Pappy. Which also, I'm also kind of over Pappy. Like I, I don't know. Pappy is just, it, it got the name and like exclusivity and like all that stuff, but it's, I don't know. Is it really worth that much money? You well, it, I, I watch these two guys on YouTube, um, the whiskey tribe. And I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them pop up in my for you. Yeah, they're so much fun. But it's it's they they'll like do tastings and like they have this extensive whiskey and bourbon collection. And one day they tasted Pappy and they're like, "This isn't better than Buffalo Trace. Like this Not isn't the only reason it is what they're they're going for like a fifteen hundred dollars a bottle or something for the, for the top one. Yeah, and which it's just like, is, is insanity. Who's going to spend like when you're spending that much on bourbon? it's kind of missing the point of why like just good straight Kentucky bourbon exists, you know, any, any alcohol to me, once it gets to that part, like, like that's just weird because alcohol is made, like it was made as a, like a communal drink that you come together and you drink with friends. Yeah, exactly. 
And like now that it's like the exclusivity and that like Napa wines that are judged at like Chateau Montalina, the ones I was at the judgment of Paris, like you can't get your hands on that wine anymore. Any of their, any of their vintages. And it's like, well, that wine wasn't made for that. That made that right. like literally the winemaker wanted that to like bring people together. And like Pat, there was um, a really, really great documentary. If you can't tell when I'm not drinking alcohol, I watch alcohol. That's how I am with food. Literally, that's how I am with food. I'm literally listening to food podcasts and watching food documentaries when I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. Um, what was it? It was, I think it was called Neat. It was a bourbon history. Oh, nice. And it was, it was like these distillers who had had, it was like three generations of distillers of that Buffalo Trace. And their whole thing was like, you drink this with your family for good occasions. It's celebration. It, it's mourning someone that you drink it. It's like, it's for everything. And they're like, now that Pappy is this expensive name, like you don't want to drink it. No, not at all. And I have no desire to even yeah, like, I don't either. I don't, I mean, even the things like that cognac, what is it? King Louis the eighth or whatever the King Louis cognac, the one that's yeah. like, you have to like pre-order. It's like $1,300. You only get a certain amount but it's literally because the cognac is like old as shit like that. I get charging that much, but that's not the case with Pappy. And yeah, Pappy, had, it, it's purposefully low supply for the high yeah, demand. And is, so, so, so is Buffalo trace, yeah, but yeah. I respect Buffalo trace because they're like, we're going to keep it at $35. Right. But they also, it's available though. That's the thing. It's like, they're it's just not like, like you put it in our warehouse and just not send it out. Like assholes. Like, my God, like and like you said, even like, um, like I, I was only into bourbon for a very long time. And then I started branching out to other kinds of whiskey. And the first time I had a single malt scotch, like a good scotch, like single malt scotch. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of um, uh, Le Frig, as they say. And I had smelled that and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I never actually had one. And then my wife for one of my birthdays got me a bottle of Lagavulin. Ooh, and it was because was I had Ron Swanson edition. I had started watching Parks and Rec, <laughs> and I was like, I really would love a bottle of Lagavulin. And she was just like, Yeah, whatever. And then for like my birthday, she got me Lagavulin. I'm like, You fucking. I was like, and I took the first sip of Lagavulin, and it was like swimming inside of an oak barrel. It was just, it was the best fucking taste. It was, it's, it's a whole. It made me realize that I didn't need to like hyper focus on only liking bourbon or only liking this because this was a whole other world like oh, single malt scotch yeah. is completely fucking different <laughs> yeah, it's and not the same drink if we're being no, no, no. and it's not for everybody either because it is oh. you get a deep feeling it's like you get a, it's dank in the terms oh. of like it's peaty it's especially mm. if it's like an isla i think that's how you pronounce yeah, because it. it's one of those like five islands off the coast of scotland yeah yeah, if you get an isla it's just completely different than just even just a normal scotch it's just, which like, is that's what Lagavulin, Lofeg, like all those. There's like five of these distilleries. They all look the same too, off those coasts. Yeah. They all have like the white building with the black letters. <laughs> we just we just blew through the whole series of Outlander, so we became obsessed with Scottish stuff. And my wife did ancestry and found out that she's a very good percentage Scottish. So wow. you know now I really want to go to Scotland. And um, you yeah, it's it's one of those like islands off the northern coast of like Scotland there. And yeah, the first time I had it, I realized, okay, you need to start branching out because this is like a whole other world. And it, it did something to me. I was like, and now of course it got popular. Lagavulins are like almost $90 a bottle. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, here, they're expensive now. Which is annoying. I mean, they were, they were like 70, 79 a couple of years ago, but now that everyone watches Parks and Recreation, it's like, you know, 
It's like, oh, Lagavulin neat, you know, just that's it. (laughs) That's a man's drink. That is a man. That is, that is, that is a, you need, you need a a strong constitution to be able to sip that neat and not need anything else. Like, uh, I I don't know, because it's, it's not just about the taste, it's the burning that gets back at you. It's like this, it's like it's creating a fucking fireball inside of your diaphragm in a good way. If you learn to accept it, you know, just go with the pain, you know, like it, it can be very stimulating, but I could totally see how some people would just immediately be turned off by that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I had Macallan 18 year, Oof. like a, like, but I had a, a piece of, and I took the first sip and I was like, that's delicious, but oh my Lord. And then I just let the ice melt a little bit. Then I was sipping yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, here we go. This is my stuff. This is right. good. Which is how I am. Like with bourbon, I'll, I used to just drink it neat, right? But then I was like, well, I have work in the morning and a wife that I don't want to end up murdering. So let me put some ice in this. Um, <laughs> it's just like, you know, I don't want to look like a fucking psychopath. And so it turned into me like putting ice in, letting it melt. And now I don't care if I put a splash of something on top of the bourbon. Cause like, as long as I'm not putting anything to like make it like a weird cocktail, I, I don't know. I just, at, at night, I like to go very basic when I'm sipping before I go to bed. Like I'll, Nowadays, I'll even just take a piece of fruit, usually an orange or even a lemon, and I'll carve out the peel, twist it for the oils, throw it on top of the ice, and just pour the bourbon on top of that. So I'm getting like essence of lemon yeah. without like water or seltzer or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Scotch is a, that's a, that's a whole other, that's an animal of a different color right there. Yeah, it is. But, so if you had to choose between like the best single malt scotch you've ever had and bourbon. Bourbon. Okay. I Can love we- so I love like, I love big, bold, juicy Cabernets, right. um, like from California or really any like warm, co- like I love Australian wines for that same reason. Australian like, wines are great. Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand but, wines too are really good. Exactly. New, New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs are out of this world. I've had those actually. Those are really good. My mom got it. My mom started buying those because she's really into Sauvignon Blanc. And yeah. Those are really good. Um, but with bourbon. So I love those notes of like heavy vanilla, heavy oak, like everything, like very Americanized of that. Um, right. The the smokiness, I haven't been able to like acclimate my palate to when it comes to scotches, but bourbons are, are my go-to. Buffalo Trace is, I stumbled upon that early on in my venture for a good bourbon and it's just, it's, it's so hard to top. I think I also have like a Yellowstone, I think it's called bourbon, okay. which isn't, it, it just isn't the same. Like, Buffalo Trace is just so smooth. All the other bourbons I've tried, it just has that like alcohol burn to it. And you're like, that's not. All right. So I have an alcohol recommendation for you. I'm ready. It's not a bourbon. It's a rum. And it's a uh, Cruzan rum. I don't know if you know it. The C-R-U-Z-A-N. It's very, it's very popular. Uh, C-R-U-Z-A-N. Yes, yes. I know. Now, there's white and there's dark. Don't bother with the white. I think this is the dark, unless I'm giving you the wrong name, but one of these, I'll find the right rum and I'll send it to you after, but it is rum, spiced rum that is finished in bourbon casks. So you get this like, you get this wonderful rum Caribbean kind of taste, but then it's finished in a bourbon cask. So you get this very small hint of like a bourbon note a little bit. Yeah. And it's the, it's the weirdest thing. Cause like, I'm, I also love spiced rum. Like I love like Sailor Jerry and I love, like, I love Sailor Jerry. Like, I have a Sailor Jerry tattoo. Like, I love Sailor Jerry. Um, <laughs> like, the, the tattoo artist, not the wrong. Um, and I, I love, like, I used to buy Kraken when I was, like, a kid, you know. Like, yeah, whatever. of course. But this is a different kind of rum. This is, like, a dark, 
this bottle may be the one I'm thinking like of. Like a sipping gonna, rum. Yeah, not like a exactly. You just rum. throw it with some ice and maybe a piece of citrus and that's it. You know, and it, it's got almost like a bourbon. You drink it like bourbon. Let's put it that way. And so, yeah, definitely going to, I got to send you the, the exact name of the one in case I'm forgetting is that. It the, is it the 150? I, I pulled up pictures of it. Do you go the 151? Do you go all the way? No, 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 no. No, that's, <laughs> that's, no, no. that's uh, I can't do that anymore. I used to, somebody just bought me um, Baker's bourbon. Yeah. Uh, from, they surprised me at work. These two lovely ladies that I know at work and they uh, surprised me with Baker's bourbon which is 107 proof. And I'm like, are you trying to fucking kill me? Like, do you not want me here the next day? Like, Jesus Christ. Like here, take this 51% alcohol bourbon and enjoy it. And that's why I'm like, do they, do they like me or hate me? I'm just like, I'm like, is this like, is this like, yeah, we love you gift early. Like trying to take me out. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's such a hot, that's so high yeah. in alcohol. That was insane. I mean, I used to drink when I was a kid and I didn't care about, you know, waking up the next day at all. Yeah, exactly. I used to drink like devil Springs which I don't know if you ever had double springs. No. Okay. It is a 160 proof vodka. We so would, it's, um, essentially would, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. We would drink, um, Everclear. Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. Oh, Everclear. Oh, woof. We would drink Everclear <laughs> jungle juice. No, fuck that. That's <laughs> yeah. I used to make jungle juice with, uh, with devil springs, but then shortly actually before my wife and I started dating, I went through a whole, uh, you know, um, self-destruction phase. And I was literally just drinking Devil Springs, just like a, like straight. And one night, I drank a little too much of it. And by a little too much, I mean I downed like more than half of a bottle by myself. This is like, 100... a, like a fifth or like a handle. No, half of a liter, and but a half a liter of like 160 proof vodka. So equivalent no, to that's dangerous. So I was 19 at the time or 20, and um, I had a serious hangover. And the next day, my friend lived a few streets over, and he was like, I was smoking at the time, so he's like, hey, you want to have a cigarette? I'm like, yeah. And I came outside, and I was so hungover. And I get outside, and he, he asked me if I want a lighter. And I'm like, as I go to light my cigarette, he just fucking smacks me in the side of my head as hard as he can. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he pulls out of his backpack a half-empty bottle of Devil Springs. And he was like, if you ever do this shit again, I will fucking kill you to save yourself the trouble. And it was literally half the bottle gone. And he was like, that was all you. He was like, you were throwing shit against the house, my house, not somebody else's house, my house. <laughs> like, like it, was, it was a horrible hangover. And literally, I, I don't think I've drank it since then because it was, it was like, I realized that I had drank the equivalent of maybe like three quarters of a handle of vodka. Yeah, my of liver. Of like regular vodka. Yeah. My liver hurts for you. But now I'm like 30. I'm not 20. I can't do that shit anymore. Now I'm like, if I did that, I'd end up like in the hospital. I'm like... You know, you'd be hungover for the rest of the weekend, probably for the rest of the week, for the rest of my life, possibly. If I did that, I, <laughs> you kidding me? Like, I used to never get hungover, like never. And then the last, I I went out in the winter months. I I, I got together with a couple coworkers, and we're all around the same age. It was right when like COVID, it was like that first lull yeah, of it. Yeah. So we all were like, things are good. Let's meet up. Yeah, met up. And we all just got obliterated. Like, I think I had probably, like, we, it was five of us, and we had, like, a $700 bar tab or something Jesus just Christ. astronomical. The waiter was, because we had spent so much, was bringing us free shots. And, like, <laughs> there was a, I think I had 10, like, IPAs. So, solid. Oh and, man, it was. Didn't even it was, fit that many IPAs. I, I didn't eat all day. This was also the problem. And then I never, and then I had to work the next morning at nine and we're working from home, but I was so hungover. 
and I, I had never been hungover like really before. And yeah. I woke up and I was like, that your first actual like real God. hangover, you realize yeah. that it's more than just what you've seen in movies. It's more than just like, oh, don't talk so loud. Like no, it's like body shakes. The is, chill, like my hands were like this. This constant feeling that you have to puke, like the sharp stomach and the sharp pain in your stomach that you don't necessarily have to puke anymore. And if you do, it might help. But it's like oh yeah, one hundred percent. I would it would have been over if I puked. Right. But I was like, oh no. And if you're not somebody who you know smokes weed, somebody was like, oh, just smoke weed in the morning, it'll be good. I'm like, okay. But they didn't say, oh, just take a tiny hit and leave it alone. Don't fucking face a joint. So the first time I got really hung over, I just lit up an entire joint and smoked it. And then all of a sudden, I was just fucked up all over again. I was gonna and say, was like, God, that that would. I don't like. I don't smoke all that often. So if I took a full joint, nope. the fa- I would have greened out on top of being hung over off of my ass. Fucking ghetto blasted as the 90s people called it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was bad. But yeah, your first hangover, like your first real hangover as an adult fucking sucks because you realize how hard it is to function. And you also realize oh, yeah. why like alcoholics are the way they are because you're just like, well, if I just kept drinking, this wouldn't be a problem. Like, you know, not like not to sound like horrible. That's a horrible stop. thing to say. That's a horrible thing to say. But it's hundred percent true. Like if you just kept drinking in the morning, like that your problem would kind of go away a little bit. Not honestly, really. that problem honestly, would go I don't away. know how they do though, because like if I tried to put alcohol in my body when I was like the most Oh, you like rejects it. You're one of those I would things. just be like <laughs> Yeah. No, I so, did that. I had I've had the hair of the dog a few times where I'll like make a very light mixed like drink or I'll pour it in a little bit of coffee maybe. But um, I don't know. I've never been big on like the Irish coffees. Usually I'll order that at a bar, like as an Irish coffee. Like if I go to a pub, I'll do it where they mix it a little bit with like Bailey's and they'll put some whipped cream on top and it'll be like yeah. an Irish coffee. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, that, that's, I, I literally now, first of all, my tolerance has gotten so high that it's hard for me to get a hangover. I mean, last night I drank the better part of almost half a bottle, maybe, yeah, about half a bottle of the um, of Boulay bourbon. The And which I love, Bullet, 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 whatever people want to call it. Um, another one of my favorite bourbons. And I, you know, I was fine this morning. I woke up and I was like, which is bad. I mean, I shouldn't be able to drink that much and be okay in the morning, but like, like that's totally not okay. But at the same time, it's, it's nice to be able to like not be able to function and realize that you can control how much you drink. And like, I don't even remember the last time I got like blackout, like that drunk. I don't even remember. Like I, it must've been, five six years ago at least maybe seven years ago because i hate not having that much control you know it's the plus side of being a 230 plus pound like six two guy that i am like oh you're six two all right i'm not six two i was <laughs> i was i was with you until you were like six two all right well fuck you but <laughs> but i mean you understand it too probably that like it takes a lot for me to yes. black out like it takes like lot. people are like i took three shots and i blacked out and i'm like i, I know, took that's funny shots and i was feeling tipsy what do yeah, you mean? exactly like That's, I'll brown out here and there, but like, well, yeah. not anymore. Like in college, I'd brown out, but like I hardly ever blacked. That's why I, I stopped really ordering stuff at bars when I had to drive, especially, but in general, because the amount of money I'd have to spend to really get me there, yeah, I just didn't want to spend. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I can go buy a $40 bottle of bourbon and I won't even need all of it instead of spending money on three and a half drinks. You know? Yeah, I, that's when I go to bars. I don't even do cocktails really. I just get like a beer. I'm because like, let's look at the craft brews, and it's a right. seven dollar glass. And I'm like, I'll have maybe two, and that's right. the price of an appetizer. And exactly. that's like that's how my mind's working at all times. Right. 
So now that we've established that the both of us maybe have problems with drinking, um, I <laughs> as we drink a bottle of wine, as we drink a bottle of wine, which I have now had uh, about half of, which is good, only in the time that we've really started. Um, so this last little part of the podcast, before I transition towards the end, by the way, thank you. So this has been so fucking fun. We have to do this again. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe meet like, if you work in the Bronx, right? You're very close. So maybe we'll put this on the podcast so people can hold us to it. There you go. Well, one day meet up, uh, you know, granted my girlfriend and I not on the same stage, but a double date type of thing going on in the city. That would be uh, she, nice. works, she works in the Lower East Side. I work from home. So, you know. And depending on where you are, I'm kind of close to, oh, well, I have a lot of friends in Brooklyn that I always try to get them to go down there because all my fucking friends moved to Brooklyn. So I'm actually in Southern New York City a lot. Um, <laughs> so... Brooklyn's but, uh, a scary place for me, not because of anything except for the hipsters. Yeah, it's, uh, they, it's, they've, uh, they've taken over, uh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, but we will, we will make something happen. I've actually been thinking about uh, for a while now that you know, we're both like, vaccinated and a lot of people that we know are like, okay, we're trying to, uh, I'm trying to organize something with a lot of local like, foodies and like, drink people because I've connected with a lot of like, Long Island foodies, Brooklyn people. And I'm trying to think of like a central, maybe New York City space that would be good for people in like Jersey, Westchester, Brooklyn, Long Island, Queens, like places that we could kind of meet and finally do like a meetup, which would be great. And, you know. Let's just take over the stairs in the middle of Times Square. You know, in the middle of everything. That'd be great. (laughs) Have everybody with their phones just get off. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So uh, we're going to do this last little thing that I do. You may remember from high school, Fuck, Mary Kill, right? Uh Uh-huh. So this is with food, all right? It could be food, now with you, food or wine or drink, it could be an ingredient, it could be a spice, it could be whatever you want. And basically, you know, we're gonna do fuck, marry, kill, one that you just would have like a dirty one night stand with where you're like limping away, full of regret and shame, but knowing very well you're gonna do it again in two months. Um, A merry one that you would happily have every day for the rest of your life and a kill that you would happily put into the garbage disposal knowing that you were erasing it from existence forever and you would do it with a smile on your face. So this can be food, ingredients, spice, drink, anything at all. Go ahead. Oh, damn. I have to pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say off the bat, I'm definitely not killing Merlot. Um, I was I'm like, shit. I decided to get that dig in. Nah. Um, I don't know what I would kill. What do I hate? Let's start with the hard one first. What do I absolutely... What a nice person. He has to start. He's like, oh, man, I got to think about what I hate. That's like, you know how many things come to mind with me? That's like, oh, that's a sign of a truly good person. See, I just love <laughs> food and wine and alcohol. Um, oh, that's tough. What, probably, this is, this is very weird, and it's just the first thing, because I remember sipping it and thinking how terrible it is. Um, what's it called, though? It's an after-dinner drink that tastes like black licorice. Oh, God. Um, Sambuca. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that. Sambuca with the three coffee beans inside? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Killing that. That was no bueno. When That's I a very acquired taste. That is a very specific taste that you really need to love. Or yep. that. No, I love licorice, but not that. No. Um, Mary. Like, I'm talking something like every day, and you would do it with a smile. Food or drink. If calories didn't exist and fat didn't exist, Taco Bell, I would do that every day of my life. Awesome. awesome. Uh, I miss lava sauce so much. 
Vol- yeah, that lava. Volcano burrito with the lava sauce. That was my – I used to work at Sweet Frog. I've worked at a lot of weird places. Well, Sweet Frog's like a frozen yogurt, serve yourself, and then okay. I'm just there to like ring it up. Um, I used to close there like every night in high school and I would always drive home and a Taco Bell was on my way home and I'd oh. always get like the five layer breed on the volcano. Oh, volcano. So oh. Um, what would I? Hmm. Just thinking something like really greasy that just makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> yeah. What was the last thing that I ate that I was like, that would, all you can eat sushi. Ooh, all right. There's a couple plates. Back in college, there was a few places that was like 20 bucks all you could eat. And my friend and I, who are both huge eaters, would go and we'd be like, well, if we're paying 20 bucks, we got to make a pay. Absolutely. And so we would <laughs> like, I'm going to get my fucking money's worth. This yeah, exactly. Place. We're like, no, not even get our money's worth. We're like, we're going to get our money's worth and then we're going to put a dent in their pocket. <laughs> yeah. So like, we're going to make them like kick 10, us out. <laughs> 12 rolls. And we would just finish and we'd be. There was one time I think it was the most I ever ate. I had six plates and each one had two or three rolls on it. Jesus Christ. And I get, and this was sophomore year of college. I get home to my dorm. I'm an RA. I lay down in my room. No one else is there at like 2 PM. And I wake up at like six (laughs) and I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I just wasted my entire Saturday. That was crazy. All you can eat sushi. That's definitely a first answer. I like that. Cause that we've, I've had, I've had good, I've had good experiences because my hometown has a place that's actually not that bad, you know, but I've had a couple really bad ones. I've had one that was so bad, but then they would charge you if you left anything on the table. Oh yeah. That's what they do. These places do too. So like, then you hit the wall and you're like, I can't eat anymore, but I still have half a roll to go. And you're just like, I I ate more in that one sitting. I was with my wife and we went off a recommendation of a friend who I still hate because of this and saying that this place was good. And it was not good sushi. And it like the avocados were like ice cold and hard. And it was just, it was horrible. And I'm struggling to finish. I can still smell that fucking place. And I'm like struggling to finish. I got in the car. Sitting in that position in the car was a struggle. It was, I've never in my life had that much in my stomach undigested and felt that horrible. And, but there are, there are some good all you can eat sushi places. You just have to make sure you go to like, you have to go to a good one. So, oh God. Well, this has been, this has been a great fucking episode. This has been so nice. We have to do this again with, I, I would like to do it again. Now I'm thinking maybe have a theme because there's so much that we could cover that I didn't realize that you and I could talk about. There, there is. I mean, maybe next time I reprise the Fitz's Fixins podcast and see where we go from there and we'll bring you on over there. If you but ever, hey, you ever need a guest on there. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, fucking, you kidding me? And we'll see if that ever gets reprised though. I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I want to do a whole like Trader Joe's episode because I have very, I have a very complicated relationship with Trader Joe's, you know, like I love it, but I also hate it. I get that. I, I guess we'll save that for the next episode. Cause I understand. Yeah. I know exactly what you right. mean. Because- like, it's like you love it, but then you realize that it's really like an evil multi-billion dollar corporation that like fixated this whole look just for you. And it's like, you struggle with like, and like they have these great great deals and stuff but they also don't carry everything you need in life no, and so exactly. then you end up still going to three other grocery stores right yeah. but you're convinced that there's only specific things you can only get that like but it's uh, not true and yeah. i could literally do a whole podcast and they don't need the money so i don't care if i should talk to them and they're not going to fucking sue me so who cares uh, <laughs> all right so before i do my little outro and stop the recording anything at all aside from fitz's fixins which uh guys if you want to go on instagram at fitz's fixins f-i-t-z-s-f-i-x I N S 
Good, got that right. Yes. Um, I will put it in the description of everything. Jack, anything you want to plug specifically aside from your page, anything else you've got going on, another podcast, anything at all? No, not really. It's everything lives on that Instagram. I also have a Twitter that's hardly ever used, but it's still in existence. Also a Facebook. But if you follow the Instagram, then you don't really need to follow the Facebook because I just repost everything. Um, that's more for the, uh, the, the parents, my mom's friends yeah, who aren't on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. they're the ones on Facebook. Um, but really everywhere I'm found is F-I-T-Z-S-F-I-X-I-N-S, Fitz's Fixins or okay. a hobo. We Great. like there's multiple people behind us. We, <laughs> we. Hoboken based food blog. <laughs> that love to eat and drink. And it's by we, I mean, it's me, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast and I'm this excited. So I'm, I'm already marking my calendars for the next one. I know this is uh, this is going to be great. So guys, thank you so much to Jack for coming on, uh, follow his page. I'm going to put it all in the descriptions and uh, make sure you stick along for his like wine reviews and the amazing recipes he's got on there. Stay tuned for the next episode. Don't know who it's going to be, but I promise it might be mildly (laughs) interesting. So um, I'm going to stop the recording and thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next episode.